0: 2002 Supervision presents the 2022 Annual 90s Awards. Woo! Joel, how are you?
1: I'm good, I'm good. Another year over, you know? What have you done?
0: Yes. And thank you for saying my name.
1: That's alright. John.
0: John. <laughs> another year, another tier of great films.
1: Oh, I thought you meant tears and you were you were crying at the quality of cinema this year.
0: I mean, yes, both great films that that tugged at my at my heartstrings and films that just were grossly terrible.
1: A classic year, completely polarizing. Nothing was normal.
0: It really just felt like you know it uh, cinema is just like a like a beautiful butterfly it's coming out of its cocoon uh but it very quickly uh got eaten by a very disgusting toad
1: <laughs> a toad named Darren aronofsky
0: hmm funny you should say that anyways
1: we're just getting right into it we've got a lot of awards to get through tonight. we've got a lot of so... awards
0: to go through and unlike the Oscars, we will actually deliver them all directly to your ear holes.
1: That's a great joke. That's only slightly dated because they've decided not to do that this year.
0: Yeah, but are they really going to do it justice? Are they
1: really? Are they really going to respect film again? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, right. I'll, I'll go ahead and open up the first envelope here. The first awards are going to the worst films of 2022 each of us that'll be joel and me chandler have chosen three films individually which we have deemed the worst films of the year and what do you say joel would you like to to crack your your envelope open there and 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 tell the world uh your choices.
1: Oh, thank you for letting me go first. How how courteous?
0: Mm. Yeah, of course. Mm.
1: <laughs> uh, up first, I have not the worst film of the year, but one of I have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. The one that came I out this when that year. Came out. Not the seventies oh. one. Gotcha. A uh, very very lazy, very uninspired remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which has. Nothing to say but very questionable conservative politics about gentrification. All in all, just a huge mess. Like not really worth watching at all. That's all. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pass one to you. Why don't we do one at a time? Oh, like, yeah. We're, well, let's, uh...
0: let's 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 shuffle it. Let's let's yeah, yeah collate this. <clears throat> let me let me rip this open here. Uh I will say one of the worst films of this year. We'll go to Men. Oh. The Alex Garland film. I didn't realize you this... hated
1: it that much.
0: I actually hated it this much. I was sitting in the theater, sort of contemplating if the existence of movies was a real thing that had happened. <laughs> and up to this point, I was not fooled. Like, men was not what movies were. But. It's true. It is just a sole instance in a sea of many terrible films this year. But I found it to be uh, extremely vapid, just not even close to hitting any points, even. Like, there's so many things that it's trying to say, and it just doesn't come close to any of it. It's messy. It's gross. It's just just a very disgusting fart of a film, I'm sorry to say.
1: Alright, up next, I have Speak No Evil, which I don't know if you even know about. It is a Danish horror movie. Uh, A lot of people told me to watch this, said it was alright. I'm specifically thinking of one uh, critic who I will not name. But Speak No Evil is one of the clumsiest horror films I've seen to date very sort of like it's about a family that go and stay with another uh uh, family from i think the netherlands one of them's from denmark one of them's from the netherlands Mm,
0: that's very scary
1: you know the family get progressively weirder and weirder it sort of feels like this uh modern vein of post get out horror films Mm. where it's like that sort of tone but because it's all, like, people from Denmark and the Netherlands, it doesn't have anything to say <laughs> about race. It's just saying, sometimes families are weird and that's scary. And that's such a weird message for a horror film.
0: Well, I'll go ahead and butt in here. And I, I decided to give a special Worst Film Award to Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets oh. of Dumbledore, uh, because uh, transphobia is pretty bad, actually. And in the movie itself, like, I don't know why we're still trying to do this. I don't know why we're still here. I don't know why we're still doing the Harry Potter thing.
1: It seems like it's been worse than the Hobbit trilogy ended up being. It seems like it's been a real mess. And I just skipped the last one entirely, so. I, I, I like to think that Peter Jackson at least has some directorial vision.
0: He he does. He 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 is at least somewhat artistic and creative, as opposed to the Fantastic Beasts series, which is really just an excuse to sell tickets to uh, people who have far outgrown uh, their Wizarding World robes and hats and wands that they've had since they were children.
1: And have now slid into transphobia. Weird how oh. that.
0: Who the who could, who could fucking guess. Could to fucking guess, but that's all I have to say about that.
1: All right, my last worst film, and I'm sorry to say, but it's another horror film. It's been a bad <laughs> year for horror. Uh, mm. Scream Five, also known as Scream.
0: Scream Five. I
1: I get what they were going for. They wanted to be sort of a a meta take on you know soft reboots on legacy sequels. But the problem with that is that the film itself has absolutely no self-awareness. And for a meta-horror, that's uh, just a crushing blow to how funny you can be. So it's a very sort of just, like, it's a slog to get through. It's very ambling, doesn't have much to say.
0: Especially when you say that it's it's, it's in the Scream series. Literally the whole purpose of that series is to be self-aware.
1: Yeah, but Scream 5 itself is sort of indistinguishable from any other sort of meta horror film that's come out in the past few years. I think especially like for a Scream film, these are supposed Mm. to be held highly at the top of the chain of meta horror and Scream 5 is such a downgrade. I'm not even like upset, but you know, sometimes you see a bad film and you know, it's going to be one of your worst films of the year. And no hard feelings. I want Radio (laughs) Silence to do better. I'm not sure they will, but I'll be there for them anyway.
0: Alright, well... Darren Aronofsky, I bet you thought you got (laughs) off of that little joke at the the top of the program. I thought you thought, oh, they're joking about me, I'm safe. Well, I gotta say, the last film here on my worst film list... It's going to none other than the 2022 film The Whale by Darren Aronofsky. How unfortunate. This film, not really. No, this is a terrible film. No, I'm sure it it is. (laughs) I just mean that we were so excited for it. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's Brendan Fraser. He's coming back. This is his best performance ever. And here's the sad thing, is that it is probably one of his most acted performances. It, it really is, like, good. He's actually doing it, but he is acting, you know, he's doing the acting of, of, of a paper bag full of dog shit. Like, <laughs> and, like, good job, but that still stinks terribly. And then Darren Aronofsky, of course, comes by and lights the bag on fire, which really does not help. It really does not help. This film, it it posits Brendan Fraser's character as somebody who is inherently pathetic and like without any reason for us to empathize with. Yeah. And then you know we have to go on a two-hour odyssey of Catholicism and shady, shaky, you know uh weight politics and preaching it's
1: it sounds a lot like mother which was also very messy and preachy
0: yeah it's really it, it, it leans too hard on that religious aspect it really just thinks that like uh, it's just using Christianity you know mm-hmm. and at the end of the day too this is a visually devoid film There's nothing interesting happening in the camera in the world. And I understand that that's part of the reason it's supposed to be a very small Academy ratio and it's a stagnant apartment, but I just nothing. And there's the scene where Brendan Fraser opens a drawer and there is a singular granola (laughs) bar in it. (laughs) And he frowns. He's so sad. He's so sad. And then he opens up the drawer, and there's so many candy bars, and he's so happy. It, this film doesn't understand anything about that obesity like parody. Or which... it's exactly this film is a parody while also trying to take itself seriously. Fuck this film. Uh, I just
1: I don't know why we expect it so much from Aronofsky, who's had many many stinkers in a row.
0: I'm going to go watch Noah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. All right, well, I got that out of the
1: way, at least. No overlap, and also I don't think either of us saw any of each other's worst films. Hey, good job. Clearly our warnings to each other worked.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll take your word, definitely. But uh, I think you got the next envelope there. I don't know if you could uh, read it out for the audience, for the people Uh, in the back.
1: The front of this says most average film award awarded to the film, which was a perfectly enjoyable watch. Didn't break any new ground. You know, it was just pretty good. Pretty average.
0: In one eyeball, out the other.
1: The perfect film, as it were.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess, technically.
1: Uh, Uh, You feel mm, free to go first.
0: mm, Oh, yes. Oh, of course. Uh, Looking in here, I have to say the most average film I watched this year was The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent.
1: That's a good choice. That's a good choice, actually.
0: Thank you. Exactly. It is a real straight down the line. It did not impress me in any way, but it also never... Made me you know mad or sad or uncomfortable. It really did just exist for a hundred and seven minutes, yeah, and you know i gotta say for the for the parts where it maybe fell below average uh the existence of Pedro pascal uh you know that that alone at least patches things up, and I gotta say straight down the line. Two out of four stars, not much more to say about this film, right?
1: It's just very like it's competent. it makes you laugh maybe half the time, maybe maybe a third yeah, of the time
0: let's, let's say a quarter to be safe It's got
1: a little <laughs> bit of action that's like somewhat flat, but it still moves at a reasonable pace. It's just you yeah. know it's it's all right, yeah, I might suggest
0: for- it to midah very true very true good job tom good job uh, to good old nick cage there good job oh my everybody
1: speaking of midda me, me most average film award <laughs> is i love my dad directed hey. by james morosini i missed that one but which i haven't seen many people talk about and i've i've yeah. recommended it to some people because i think it's genuinely like worth the watch It's very, it's very messy and it sort of, like, slows down halfway through just to focus Mm. on the sole premise of, like, what if your dad was sexting you? (laughs) But, I mean, I like Patton Oswalt. I think he has white boy swag. You know, he's pretty good.
0: And he hasn't been in a film since Space Cop, right?
1: Yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) It's been a while (laughs) since we've seen Patton. I don't know where he went for all those years. Perfect. But it's just a pretty enjoyable Sunday afternoon movie. Makes you laugh. Makes you not cry, but makes you. (laughs)
0: Let's let's not go. Makes you watch
1: someone in the film cry and go, ah, that's kind of (laughs) sad.
0: Wow. That was the most average award, uh, you know, speeches ever. Good job.
1: And any of the films mentioned, feel free to. Put that on your Blu-ray case. Put yes. your award there. Most average film award.
0: Yeah, with the with the golden olive leaves, the branches. Most average film award. The 2022 90s. I think that'll really boost sales.
1: Yeah, if anyone sees your Blu-ray in HMV, they might pick it up. Most average film.
0: If I was at Target and I saw a film that said the most average film, I'd, I'd, I'd buy it. <laughs> I paid twenty bucks for that, actually. <sighs> Ooh, this this uh this envelope here is a little sticky, and you you want to be careful with this one. <laughs>
1: okay, what it say on the front of it?
0: Says here the Vigo Mortensen Memorial Best Cock Award (parentheses) and Lifetime Achievement.
1: Yes, we would we would like to give Vigo Mortensen his Lifetime Achievement for. Having the best cock in cinema.
0: One of the best appearances of a cock ever. Indeed, I have to say.
1: <laughs> but we're talking about um, this year's cocks.
0: Yes, the, the the award is named after the great Viggo Mortensen, but this is for uh, uh, excellence in penis performance in the year of 2022. So, if you would like to please... Have the honor. Let the people know. What, uh, what what are your thoughts?
1: I would. Thank you. Uh, I Ooh. have my best cock here. It is Stevo's Beehive from Jackass Forever. <laughs> <laughs> How glorious. You know, I've seen the Jackass cocks a lot throughout my whole life. Plenty. Uh, I saw Jackass Forever on the big screen and Ooh. seeing... Stevo's magnificent package in higher than 4k I was set in the front row. It was ginormous I took my mother to see Jackass forever, which is pretty fun. Nice Good move. I wasn't expecting so much uh, comedy (laughs) intro, but
0: Hey, you know
1: Bullsack full of stingers like what else do you want from a cock?
0: Yeah, I mean, if anything, the best per- like literal performance he put it on the line yeah. for that one. So, hats off, Stevo, you did it again. You got another cock award. <laughs> I'm sure you have many,
1: many cock awards. <laughs> he can hang them off of his cock like, uh, like cock a like cock rings,
0: and he has a pretty small cock, but it's impressive what he can do.
1: They're very small awards, though, so...
0: True. <laughs> what I have is a actor from the film Pleasure, which came oh. out here in the States 2022. I'll be giving the award to one Mr. Chris Cock. <laughs> I mean, it's in the name. He, he he was really lined up for this one. uh, But... I think that he really did a great job of using his penis to penetrate yeah. and do other sexual acts. You know, uh,
1: no, yeah, he was pretty good this year. I, 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 I get yeah, that.
0: yeah. Just you know, really went out there. It's just just good baseball, right? You know, it's not it's not always about hitting all the home runs. He, you know, he he, he threw in some RBIs. He he jabbed his penis with a needle, and did some did some double penetration, which you know isn't 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 always easy. That's that's definitely asking for a lot from our performers. So, Chris Cock, congratulations!
1: Nice cock, buddy! Nice cock.
0: Let's see. Uh, <laughs> would you uh, Would you like to read the next one if you if you could?
1: I have to read out the whole
0: thing. Could you please read out the entire award name? Thank you.
1: The the spookiest, wookiest, scary movie moment of the year award.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: An award presented to those moments that just make you quiver with fear. Why quiver?
0: <laughs> That's pretty intense, but okay. Um you're probably gonna hate me for my choice because it ain't even a horror film. But
1: <laughs> That's pretty funny though.
0: <laughs> it is it is the uh the horrors of war, it's the the horrors of genocide. I'm giving my spookiest, wookiest, scary movie moment of the year <laughs> award to the Don't laugh. <laughs> 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 <You> fucking asshole <laughs>
1: the horrors of war my spooky wookiest scary movie (laughs) moment of the year
0: (laughs) it will go to the film hive
1: the whole film
0: the whole film really it's a a kosovo ian film and it's about a a woman whose husband is missing due to the recent wars in the areas and uh, indeed I I found myself kind of scared sort of unnerved uh, by the levels of uh, sexism that uh, the woman uh, and her uh, friends uh, experience in this film as well as just sort of the overall there's especially a scene early on uh, where she goes to a a field where they are identifying bodies. And um, is definitely a very unnerving film. Great film. Uh, I think people should check it out. I think it's on Criterion Channel now in Canopy in the U.S. So the movie is Hive. Very spooky-wooky
1: indeed. Congratulations to misogyny and wartime struggles. For winning the the, uh... Spooky Wookiest Scary Movie (laughs) Moment of the Year award.
0: Great job, Misogyny. You did it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So my choice for the Spooky Wookiest Scary Movie Moment of the Year award uh, is the Gordy's Home incident from Nope. Ah, interesting. It was a very chilling scene, Mm. which horror rarely chills me. It's not a boast but a fact uh right but jordan peele he's such a creative visual director in the way that that scene is constructed like Mm -hmm. mostly shot from under the table Mm -hmm. it's a very sort of almost nightmarish concept and i mean that literally i have a lot of nightmares where it's uh, an an average situation goes very wrong and it's completely out of your control to solve the mm, issue. Right. That's my idea of what a nightmare is. So
0: definitely one of the most unique creative and just, you know, different uh horror scenes to happen this year. You know, it's not a jump scare, it's not like you know, it's a little out of the box, which is nice. And uh yeah, really, really great job. So I'll have to definitely yeah. agree with that uh, assessment.
1: About as scary as uh the war and sexism.
0: <laughs> Almost. Almost as scary.
1: Good job, Jordan. All right. No, you're, you're so, reading out the title next. I'm there. Yes, uh, um, I remember we are, the uh, order. Uh,
0: Yes, we're now sort of into what you might call the actual awards. Um, (laughs) The
1: real awards.
0: You'd be an asshole if you said that, but it's true. It's true. Next awards go to best makeup. Best makeup. What do you say, Joel? What, what, What do you think had the best makeup this year?
1: So, best makeup for me, hands down, is The Monsters, directed by Rob Zombie. (laughs) Do we have a share? We have
0: a double shot, baby. Let's go. The Monsters. Monsters.
1: First double award of the night.
0: Fucking love The Monsters, baby.
1: What a a great time The Monsters was. And I hear that that's controversial. I hear that not a lot of people enjoyed The Monsters. I I just had a blast throughout the whole
0: film, and like the point is, is, is it's supposed to be a little bad, like it's you know it's Rob Zombie,
1: <laughs> it's it's Rob Zombie who's a very acquired taste, but I I've been a Rob Zombie fan for years at this point, which is sort mm-hmm. of embarrassing to admit, but. The Monsters is Rob Zombie finally saying, you know what, you will complain about all the screaming rednecks in my films. <laughs> what if I just make the most, like, cheesiest, family-friendly, goofy, funny film that I can? Because I just love The Monsters so much. And then he did it. He he successfully made it. And the makeup in the film specifically, <laughs> what oh, we're here to talk about... On. Yes. Like, I, I've i seen these actors a lot of times before, Jeff Daniel Phillips especially. We all love him yep. quite a lot. I love that guy. Uh, the transformation that they all go through to look, like, so creatively like the monsters of the TV series, mm-hmm. they're almost, like, unrecognizable, all of the actors, except Sherry Moon, who I'm sure Rob <laughs> Zombie just wanted to look at Sherry Moon Zombie some more.
0: I gotta say, the makeup almost looks them makes them look animated. You know, they they're really mm-hmm. elevated out of the real world, which is the whole point of the monsters. You know, these are monsters. They're supposed to not really, uh, <laughs> you know, they shouldn't exude normalcy. <laughs> yeah, it's the monsters. It's fun. I'm glad that we don't have to do two separate awards and two de- two separate uh, <laughs> monologues. We can just keep on going
1: that's the mutual monsters fun here it's loved by the whole family and (sighs) up next we have a best score a lot of great Uh, scores this year a lot of a lot of incredible ones i'll hand it over to you thank you
0: you know not a lot of just scores in general nowadays aren't there, right? You know music' kind of taken a a back seat uh but I believe this film and whatever the fuck Joel decides are really uh, keeping the music alive and well still playing my award this year goes to Inu o the Animated feature from Masaki Yuasa. I mean, I get that it's a m- music film, but it doesn't change the fact that it has a kick-ass soundtrack. Like, yeah. it's uh, I mean, it's great. what is
1: a musical if not putting the score first in a movie?
0: <laughs> exactly. Very fun, you know, mixing uh, traditional Japanese music with a sort of 80s hair metal, hair rock Uh, sound, Uh, very creative, very fun, and uh, only elevated by uh, a a pretty musical and uh, audiophilic uh, director Yuasa and his team. Good job.
1: I never got around to Inuo, sadly. I meant to, but it just never came out in cinemas near me. I live in the, the dry pits of cinema, which is... England.
0: So sad. Uh what what do you have on your uh little piece of postcard there?
1: On my piece of postcard for best score, I have The Batman. Ooh, The you know score what? by Michael. Yeah. I want to say Giacchino. I've never actually checked. It could be Giacchino. I'm so sorry, Michael, but you won best score awards. Good so. job, Michael. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, yeah, that's true.
1: You know, I've been thinking about The Batman a lot, probably because I watched it right at the beginning of the year and then also in the middle of the year, so I've kind mm-hmm. of just seeded a lot more of it through my year than I needed to. hmm But at of, of first I thought it was pretty almost comedic using uh, something in the way, but, like, the more I think about it, the way that that is, like extrapolated into the entire score it's sort of always there through so this very sort of deep dark orchestral score that's almost reminiscent of Danny Elfman's old Batman score, but just a little less mm. gothic it's it's very good, it really is and it's almost a shame that it was uh not included in many award shows that I watched, including the big one that is upcoming that I will not
0: mention. That shall not be named. Yeah, it's very surprised. I mean, it, it's it really kind of I don't want to say leans, but definitely has a, a bigger emphasis on music than other films this year. So uh, yeah, too bad. But I, I I will I will second that. I think that's a great assessment.
1: I'm glad that you're not just like harshly disagreeing with anything I've
0: put. I hey, uh, I actually kind of like the Batman. So.
1: They should do that at the Oscars. Have Warren Beatty like read out the award, and then <laughs> Faye Dunaway harshly disagrees. She's like, "No, that film
0: sucked." Just, yeah, just have some, have a have a dissenter up there for everything.
1: There is no I... way that Coda won Best Picture. No way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the next award will be given for Best Sound. So, not the music, but sort of the soundscape of the, the film. The best
1: sound is wine pouring into a glass. <laughs> yes,
0: mommy. Yes.
1: <laughs> the best
0: The best sound is waking up in Bermuda and the waves and I'm drinking Moscato. <laughs>
1: What, what what you meant waking up in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, I've God, where oh, oh. The sounds of panic as you and your entire <laughs> ship are lost at the Bermuda Triangle.
0: The sounds of confusion and chaos.
1: Congratulations on best sound.
0: <laughs> uh, Tell me, Poppy, what do you got?
1: Uh, best sound, it's a little, like, out of left field, but mm. best sound for me was Jackass Forever. Interesting. They they Interesting. do a lot of, like, unrecognized sound work for the Jackass films. A lot of those are, like, punched up, replaced, given sort of the best sound that fits for the impact of the scene. Hmm. And I think especially watching it on the big screen... I'm thinking specifically just, like, the first one, the human ramp. Those impacts when the skateboard or the bike hit yeah. the ramp, those are, like, loud as fuck. <laughs> and it really, really, like, puts you there at the scene, hearing all these really, like, loud thuds of men hitting the floor as hard as possible. It just makes the experience even more enjoyable.
0: Yeah, they, they obviously put a lot of thought into the sound you know in some way or another
1: and they always have there are a lot of Mm. iconic sounds that come from jackass and it's it's not stopping anytime soon or it is because we're probably not going to get another jackass film for another 20 years but
0: hey i'm i'm probably the most anticipated uh reboot (laughs) in that i can think of but
1: make it a tv series bring back the tv series (laughs) <laughs> In the age of streaming, when TV series cost about as much as a jackass movie, do it. Why not?
0: Go for it. Have fun. I am going to give something which is maybe a little cheating, but also it works. You're cheating. Uh, yes. I'm giving best sound to Moon Age Daydream. Ooh. Because there are actually a lot of, like, non-score sounds in this there's that hmm. and also in a way the music that's used is not so much a score as it is a soundscape right hmm. it it exists as an audio experience as opposed to i'm sitting down i'm listening to uh you know uh Diamond dogs or uh moon Age daydream or uh any of like listen to a song right mm-hmm. um I think that it's all exist as sound really uh as the whole thing is an experience moon Age daydream is an experience um and that's what I say, and honestly, these are pretty uh you know obtuse awards anyways so fuck it if it's even actually correlates to what it is (laughs) fuck it best sound moonage daydream give it
1: to whatever you want you know fuck it why not (laughs) happy birthday david
0: that's right the awards congratulations
1: on winning the best sound award for your film uh moonage daydream Yes,
0: thank you for coming here and accepting the award. Ah, uh, yes, well, you know, it's uh, really great to be here. <laughs> so this, that's what David sounds like. Well, ever since the incident.
1: And now for our 90s halftime show, here's David Bowie with
0: <laughs> Tuesday's Child. Oh, let's cool. I fucking love this song. It's Thursday's Child, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you made Bowie upset. He's fucking... He's fucking... He's storming off the stage!
1: He's not even performing you don't even know song, he just threw he a drum at me.
0: <laughs> you don't even know what fucking song he's playing. Do you know how much it costs to get him on here? He's fucking dead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And now for the award for best visual
1: effects.
0: <laughs> ah, look at this one. That's gonna be fun.
1: Uh, self-explanatory, <laughs> it's just what looked the good in it.
0: Looked good. I think the goodest looking film I could think of. Uh, I'm giving it to RRR. You know, that film is what James Cameron wishes he was doing. (laughs) It's actual spectacle. It's actually visually exciting. And um, I've definitely softened on this film a lot. You know, a lot of the excitement i had for this film was because i was in the theater the theater was like electric everybody was like freaking out it was so it was a great time hmm. um but it's still a good it's still a good solid film you know i'll give it that and of course the visual effects are just visually this film is fucking crazy so uh one of the most visually exciting ones this year good job thank you very much it's one say, of the John?
1: ones I missed, which is unfortunate.
0: That's too bad. But I hope you see it in the theater, because Maybe. The, the, the the Netflix screen really does not do it justice at all.
1: <laughs> Are you saying that the small screen is not good for big action?
0: Imagine my shock.
1: Imagine. Uh, I'm giving best visual effects to the goodest uh i'm giving it specifically to jean jacket from nope because that mm. thing looks oh. real i believed it was there
0: <laughs> okay true yeah it's very unique design wasn't it very well
1: the way it's all put together the way mm. it obviously looks like a classic sort of uh saucer that's what i'm looking for a saucer spaceship but it's got these like skin ripples that move around and it just mm. sort of like hovers so unnaturally the whole the, the whole thing the way it's put together is just like incredible for the film and as i said like you could almost believe it's real it's so like well implemented into the into the shot doesn't ever feel like it's been put in in post that's true. What an achievement! It,
0: it, it's very difficult, even today. It's still difficult to make uh, these sort of uh, CGI elements not look cheesy yeah. in a in a real world environment. And I agree, it really <clears> was. It, it's almost like, if anything, there was at least some like weird green screen monster there, and they just like layered over. But mm. really, is just a uh, well done, yeah. well done indeed. It's so. just
1: well planned shots and really mm. good visual effects work. To put one of the most unnatural-looking things in the scene and make it look natural is an achievement in visual effects, so...
0: Yeah. Yeah, amen to that. I
1: think Nope has a good chance of winning the evening. <laughs>
0: Sorry to two awards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next is going to... Best Achievement in Production... Design so this is overall sort of design uh, from characters, costume, overall experiences, <coughs> feelings, and sets, and other such things. Joel, please take it away <coughs> what you, what, okay, what do you say?
1: Uh, so we've had these lists going for a while, and for the for the longest time. I had it's not there anymore, but for the longest time, I had the monsters again. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, i th- i th- i think the monsters production design was incredible. It looked great. Definitely, definitely. Swooped in right at the last minute for me because it took me so long to watch it. Uh, oh. is the viewing by Panos Cosmatos.
0: Oh, true. Yep. Uh,
1: what a perfect little quirky sci-fi seventies house.
0: I could definitely... I feel like I should have seen this one coming. And you spend
1: (laughs) the whole time in that house, and it's just beautiful to look at, no matter what angle it's shot from. And he has a funny little control panel that makes absolutely (laughs) no sense, but it's perfect for the vibe of the film, because it's just completely... Like, like rows of unlabeled buttons.
0: And they control, like, eight tracks. You know, it's just... Very, very thought-out production design and just the most disgustingly 70s thing ever, definitely.
1: It's got, like, this whole, like, golden sheen over the whole thing, and it's very sort of, like, sterile. It's... I mean, I say this about every Panos Kosmatos film, but that guy (laughs) really knows how to... Capture the aesthetic of 70s sci-fi, but not all of the sort of boring story crap. He replaces Ugh. that with good stories instead.
0: Just admit that you have a crush on Panos.
1: Uh, I've admitted it before, and I will <laughs> admit it far into the future. Let's see.
0: If I, if I may uh, announce my winner. You may. Thank you. I will give the best production design to the Owen Klein-directed Funny Pages. Uh, Oh, yeah? (laughs) I will. It's about the silly little teenage asshole who draws comics. And I realized about, like, eh, 15 minutes into this film that it's actually a bit of a period piece, you know, sort of, like, early 2010s, maybe. And not only does, you know the team nail that down uh but this film is disgusting in 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 ways that you know it's amazing in in ways that like you know it's not like things are covered in shit or you know people are vomiting it's just the environment that they're in uh you know uh the main character uh whose name is robert he he lives in uh, a a like a basement apartment that just it looks sweltering and like cramped and disgusting. The people he lived with it's just overall the the visual uh, cohesiveness towards uh, just grossness and just the most terrible things you could ever see. Outside of like monsters or gore or anything, uh, I think that this film really knocks it out of the park.
1: Maybe I'll actually watch it. Oh
0: you'll, I think you'll you love you it. told
1: me to watch it I, I have told I you a
0: couple times yes
1: never got round to it because there were a lot of films <sighs> this year.
0: there were I mean, I think that you could have possibly gone without watching a couple of them. To see funny pages, but you know, not like I you ever know. listen to me. <laughs> I love this guy.
1: Shark sight of the moon was a pretty important <laughs> watch. Okay, <laughs> how did those sharks get to the moon?
0: I mean, those those an- those questions answered add more
1: in funny pages.
0: <laughs> uh brother.
1: So we have, we're getting to the, the big ones, Mm, the the ones that even, even the, the biggest movie awards fear away from.
0: Yes. Do you remember that? (laughs) Didn't they like, they like
1: threatened to not do best cinematography anymore? Everyone knows what they means. I hope.
0: Yeah, not, academy, not 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 but... not not any ethnic or religious group. We're talking about we're talking, we're talking about, about the academy, academy the unpleasable
1: academy, that those dared to destroy those disgusting best cinematography. people.
0: How those dare this! They? Like, who cares about how a camera works in a fucking movie? What the fuck!
1: <laughs> Let's see if we can out controversy the the academy tonight with our best cinematography choices.
0: <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. Ah, man. Best cinematography. I guess I'm going first. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's how we're doing this. That's how we established this about an hour ago. Perfect. Yep. Great. Someone
1: introduces and then the other starts. That's how this has gone so far.
0: Amazing. The whole series. All right. Best cinematography I'm giving to Decision to Leave.
1: Good choice. Really good choice.
0: It is, isn't it, actually? Like, not not even, like, a silly choice that yeah. I made.
1: I didn't choose it, but it's a really good choice. It's <laughs> probably better than my choice.
0: Kim Ji-young, the uh, cinematographer here, makes a film that feels both uh, real and unreal. You know, there there are scenes that feel just so unreal in the best way possible i have to say like almost like the two actors acted against a green screen and then they were plopped into these you know rooms or the angles that he finds uh when our detective is you know snooping about or really just anything all the shots are unique interesting varied and uh really Uh, lends itself to the crime genre you know it it, it's uh puts you a little on edge makes you a little curious uh adds questions answers them and is overall beautiful in every way that's what i will say
1: how lovely and i i agree with everything you're saying decision to leave was was beautiful very creative as well. Very yes. uh, a lot yeah. of a lot of shots I wouldn't have expected from, you know, the type of film it was. the 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 police procedural—that's the word I am looking for. Right. <laughs> Whenever I am stalling, it's because I am looking for a very simple word that I should have remembered hours
0: ago. <laughs> right. Basically, you know, th- there is no reason that you know, based on the genre, you know, this could have played out like a perro like bbc drama you know uh pretty plain and boring but it's park chan wook it's uh it's our cinematographer again kim ji young and knocked it out of the park i'm gonna try to not say knock it out of the park again tonight ever again i apologize he's from boston (laughs) i fucking love baseball dude come on what can i (laughs) what what do you want me to do
1: I'm about to start a fight. I want you to be oh, ready. You're okay. about to. You're about to take hands. I'm about to take hands.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. What do you have to? What, what What's your ch- choice for best cinematography?
1: Uh, my award for best cinematography goes to Jaron blashkey for The Northman.
0: Fuck out of here!
1: <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that! I I loved The Northman. I know you, you know, fucking despised it because you, you know, don't know how to have fun but, but the northman you, is
0: here's it, mm-hmm. <laughs> no actually here's the thing i'm actually going to agree with you i am going to say that if i'm going to make any concessions and say that something good came out of it i'll, I'll give you the cinematography i'll give you that i'll give you it's I'll very
1: you well shot
0: it's yeah yep <laughs>
1: but I just think it's a very good film overall, and I know you, know, you do.
0: Well, you know, we're just talking about cinematography. How about we just stick to that?
1: <laughs> I think the way that Jaron Blaschke shot all those really awesome action scenes, and that really compelling dialogue,
0: mm-hmm. is...
1: He knocked it out of the park, Oh, no! <laughs> no.
0: Using my own words against me.
1: It was a grandson.
0: <laughs> um, you know what? It's not the worst thing you could have said.
1: Oh, yeah, what's the worst thing I could have said? I
0: don't know, probably, like, Hitler or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> For best cinematography. <laughs> I mean, the state funeral of Queen Elizabeth was this year, so oh, that's magnifique. pretty close. Magnifique.
0: Magnifique.
1: Best cinematography. I almost felt like I was watching that bitch rot.
0: <laughs> Can't wait to get the '90s band from the UK.
1: It's about time, frankly.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, Lord.
1: Anyway, hey, back to our film awards.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, <well>, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Uh, well, what do we have here? What's next? Best. <laughs> editing that's what we have here the best in editing arts editors nowadays especially i feel are, are pretty underappreciated yeah but we're here to change that and, and Joel, nowadays i
1: feel like everyone in the film uh, industry is under recognized except for actors
0: that's true and the occasion not even directors yeah. Fuck the well, movies. even directors. Everyone yeah. goes
1: to see like Marvel movies, and I don't, I don't even know who's directing some Marvel, of them. And
0: Marvel movies, they don't even go for the actors. It's just
1: no, it's just the characters just, now. Uh,
0: let, let's not. Let's let's try to lighten let's up not, the mood here. Come yeah. on.
1: All all of our all of our bad stuff was worse films at the beginning. We're supposed <laughs> to be happy now.
0: What do you say? What is the best edited film this year, my friend?
1: Uh, the best edited film is Shin Ultraman.
0: Ooh, uh, exciting.
1: by Hideaki... No, Hideaki didn't direct it, he wrote it. I'm already fucking up.
0: We did so fuck bad. it up.
1: It's directed by Shinji Higuchi, actually. And I actually it's edited thought that. by Hideki Ano.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And Yohei I- Kurihara.
0: Truthfully, I thought he directed it too, but...
1: No, it's confusing because he just directed Shin Godzilla and Shin Kamen Rider, but he right. skipped Ultraman for some reason. He's in
0: every other crew slot. He just didn't yeah. direct it.
1: <laughs> Actually, I know the reason why he skipped this one. It's because he knew Shin Ultraman would be perfected by someone who has a size fetish. And he was right. There's a lot of size fetishism in this film.
0: That's true. That's true. And I'm kind of here for it.
1: But it's very, it's a very compelling film. I was expecting to enjoy it. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Ended Mm -hmm. up giving it like top marks. I thought it was excellent. And a lot of that is how it's edited. It's not afraid of like goofy cutaways. It's not afraid of like multiple camera angles. They really just throw every classic uh, trick in the book, and I really appreciated that from a from a superhero film in this day and age. Hmm, interesting. When ev- every uh, it... other choice of superhero film is just like grey slop, it's just nothing.
0: You're you're telling me that a superhero film can be exciting and fun.
1: It can be comic style. Oh, interesting. It can be fun. It doesn't have to be a two-hour epic about how, in the next film, they might die.
0: (laughs) And speaking of runtime and editing, this is apparently 112 minutes. I had no idea. Because this film just snaps by. Seriously, it could be 60 minutes. It's It's just...
1: BD film, it's perfect.
0: And uh what not, a picture. To, not to spoil too much, but some of the some of the cast may make a reappearance later tonight. I don't know. <gasps> but it's my turn. Best editing. I know for... what that
1: means, and I'm not happy, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: I might I might have slid my hand a bit too early here, but uh giving this award to uh the american equivalent of shin ultraman <coughs> that'll be the film elvis <laughs> editors matt v- villa and jonathan redman
1: Is that the american equivalent of shin ultraman
0: <laughs> it's 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 a a misunderstood hero uh, am i right am i right in understanding truly, this truly. right i think i got that right Elvis is, it surprised me how much I liked it. Even it's a in, great film, yeah. Even no matter how much, I still give it three stars. It's like the biggest three stars ever. And a lot of that comes down to the editing. You know, a lot of people uh, swear by Baz Lerman and his visual style, but that visual style comes from the editing and you know the the team that he put together for this uh put together some you know being a basically an american film i know that baz is an aussie but that doesn't really count um you know for an american film a big studio one at that coming out in 2022 to do something as exciting as this one has with its cuts and fades and weird like Dissolves like into other scenes. Hmm. uh I I have to tip my hat to it. It's one of the more exciting films I saw this year.
1: Yeah, I think like Baz Luhrmann. I know he didn't edit the film himself, but right, right, right. Baz Luhrmann's sort of like very frantic idea of what a film should be. It it takes very good editors to construct that. Mm. And like, uh, what what is it? Villa, 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 and Redmond. They did a very good job, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and Elvis was a shocker. I was expecting it to just be like another another Rocket Man, where it was just like, yeah, it was pretty oh, good, but true. I'm not going to think about it forever.
0: But no, I'm going to think about Elvis forever. Kind of actually, I I I could go to watch it again. Actually, now yep. that I said, now that I think about it.
1: This was one of the most exciting films of the year. One of the ones where I really like felt like I was back at cinema. Because cinema closed in 2020 and just never really came back until now.
0: Yeah, it's definitely... You don't always need a Baz Luhrmann film, but uh, this one came in clutch when we really needed it. So, uh, I believe... That you will be reading the next one. We're 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 so we're really. I'm gonna have to try and explain
1: the next one because so far it's been pretty straightforward. But yeah, add a left field to bring back baseball. uh, Best original idea.
0: Wow! Which is, let's try to be more specific.
1: (laughs) Very very confusing. Um. So yeah, I'm not even sure I know what the fuck well, best original idea <laughs> means.
0: Well, we have a best writing award that'll be the next one. Sorry to spoil it. Oh, but shit. Best original idea does not necessarily denote the best writing. No offense, it's still probably good writing. Uh, but think of it almost as like best screenplay. I guess we could almost say. Not that we've actually read the screenplays. It's so
1: funny, because the way you explained this to me earlier in the year, uh-oh. uh oh, you said it was sort of the most, like, creative take on a film. Yeah.
0: That's that's true, too. That's true.
1: It's so like know, the it, most interesting film. And I went with that. I put, a, I put it what I would consider to be a pretty bad film.
0: Oh, okay. And that's okay, <laughs> because it's still an original idea. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine. I don't know, uh, but Europe, you, so, you're up first. What What do you say? Europe
1: the... first. I, I introduced first. best original idea, so you are up first.
0: I don't think Europe's touring anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm got this is
1: like a part the seams they would know actually no they would do this at the the big one the bigger one
0: actually they would actually pull that shit they would
1: fumble for like two and a half hours and then have some (laughs) weird like sexual harassment gag
0: true very true best original idea my pick is you won't be alone
1: I don't think I've ever heard of this
0: it's in your watch list so fuck you (laughs) <laughs> it is a Serbian film Actually it, it takes place in Macedonia But it is about It's a
1: Serbian film It's oh, no.
0: it basically, it's Basically it's a Serbian film <laughs> No It is uh, It is about a young Woman Who grows up isolated From the rest of the town because her mother Is scared of a witch taking her away Uh, Spoiler, the witch takes her away anyways, and uh, this woman gets the ability to shapeshift. And in doing so, by consuming other people, um, she's able to take on uh, the lives of other people. And these include uh, men, for example, and so this film is a bit of a trans allegory. Um, And I think as an original idea probably uh up there this year obviously enough to to win yeah. best original idea I, th- I think that it executed a I wouldn't say it's totally unique it's based on fairy tale and myth but uh with a with a modern twist that I think puts it above the rest.
1: That sounds very very good very interesting very original.
0: Very uh, original idea, thank you.
1: Makes me look like a sociopath. My oh, job. no. <laughs> well, well, well. Oh, well, what did... What did Sam, you say? Best original idea. 90s, 2020. Uh-oh. <laughs> Halloween ends, baby. Fuck you
0: fucking <laughs> asshole.
1: That you, film you, yeah. was was pretty yeah. bad, but my god if it wasn't the most fascinating thing I've seen in I'll years I
0: actually agree with you a hundred percent on this <laughs> that
1: film plagued my thoughts like genuinely a hundred percent of the time <laughs> for about five days after I watched it it was so fascinating it was like watching a massacre. You know? Seriously. seriously, Like, that thing sticks with you, and Halloween Ends... I was already so fascinated as to mm. where they would go with the new Halloween trilogy, after Halloween Kills, which we've talked uh, about extensively in our Halloween episode. Halloween Ends was already sort of having to build upon a, a dumpster fire. And instead of putting out the fire, they just sort of, like...
0: <laughs> How big can we make this? <laughs>
1: they, they they put enough gasoline on the dumpster fire to burn down maybe half the town. Like, it's the Great Fire of London. And, frankly, that's way more compelling than just a dumpster being on fire. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't have expected them to go for the route they did for a halloween film to be about like indoctrination and like compelling young lonely men to do horrible things such a fascinating place to take michael myers a place that i i i wouldn't say he's been before but that's i'm speaking like i love this film and i don't
0: (laughs) you love one of the I love the idea
1: of this film.
0: (laughs) Right. You you love it in the same way that you like watching car (laughs) wrecks.
1: This is what I mean by sociopathic choice for best original idea. No,
0: it's, it's, it's honestly one of the best original ideas, despite being a, a sequel reboot sort of thing. It, 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 you know, dumbfounded me and I'll, I'll give it that I'll give it that
1: it changed my entire outlook of the Halloween sequel trilogy (laughs) from one of the most cobbled together messes in horror history to one of the most fascinatingly cobbled together messes in (laughs) horror history oh shit I kicked the mic
0: well we have the best writing award this goes out to all of the, the silly quips and uh, other things, actually. I, I didn't write anything down for this, actually, which kind of goes to show how qualified I am to talk about the best writing, but Joel?
1: Which is, is why Chandler wins worst writing of the year. Uh, so, most definitely. Uh,
0: what do you say, Joel? What is the best writing?
1: Uh, the best writing of the year, almost like like unquestionably so is martin mcdonough for the banshees of inner sharon
0: sure yeah uh
1: actually a perfect script uh so so thoughtful yet so comedic i was laughing endlessly yeah what I'll else uh, is there to say i you mean know. i'm holding back from saying stuff for some <laughs> reason or another
0: but you're, just, you're just trying not to gush I appreciate that uh, Yeah, maybe really captures... I'll have more
1: to say later
0: oh yeah if you really want to capture the soul of the Irish folk you know really does that in Banshees uh, it's really all about bottling it up and being an absolute dickhead to everybody around you uh, just spot on writing as they would say over there in the islands. For me, we're getting ourselves a, a little bit of a double winner because I'm giving mm. best writing to Decision to Leave.
1: Oh, wow, it's it's really coming back. It's taken the evening.
0: It's it deserves it, I think. Uh the relationships that are built on the basis of dialogue and writing in this film uh is truly literary. It's beautiful. It's it's stunning. And I'm getting, you know, sort of half of it because obviously I don't speak Korean. So, mm-hmm. you know, if the subtitles are that good, I mean this film really uh takes the cake. I I believe everything that's being said. Everything that's being said is so just it's it's butter. It's just butter and it's it's exciting it's a little sexy uh it's a little confusing and it is all good <laughs> a little you know i i think i think Just a little a confusion is helpful in in, in pushing a, a point
1: <laughs> i i I do, I do agree i think that it's a very very compelling film hmm wrote two very unique characters for a police procedural, of all things. Yeah, I am, like, to... slurring my words like I'm wasted. You
0: I mean, you... I'm <laughs> good,
1: I'm fine.
0: you, you know, I-I feel like the, uh, the backstage bar might cut you off now, probably for the <laughs> best. We-we still got a little bit of ways to go here. Uh, That's but... Right. I mean, by
1: the end of the night, I'm gonna be like Joaquin Phoenix rambling through his weird vegan speech. When he won for like Joker or something,
0: truly Joker behavior with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother! Uh, tell me what the next one is, my friend.
1: Uh, the next one, which is maybe maybe what some would consider the biggest, sure. Uh, best best directing. Here we are. Yeah. As uh, as directors ourselves, this is the sure. exciting one. Yes. You if say if... sure as if we're not directors.
0: Yeah, sure. Okay.
1: We've both made films. Uh yeah. What is directing if not making a film? Well, that's my I mean, that's my byline for directing.
0: I mean if 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 you wanna believe in the the super death cult of the auteur...
1: So, self-explanatory best directing, (laughs) I think you should just get into it. (laughs) Uh,
0: I think that the best directing ought to go to Céline Sciamma, however you say it. (laughs) She's French, I don't care. Petite Maman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Petite Maman.
0: Ah, this film fucking destroyed me. It fucking killed me. I was so sad after watching this film. And a lot of that came to the direction, how Hmm. people were acting, how things were set up. And you just know Celine was heavy on the ground, Uh, especially when it comes, you know, you you must have to with kid actors. Uh, It's it's pretty hands-on. And this is one of the most, stunningly beautiful films uh, story wise or like you know sort of you know outside of the visuals themselves but uh, and for all of this to happen in 72 minutes Joel
1: I it's impressive
0: 72 minutes I don't know why films are two hours I watch a two hour film and I'm like you know maybe there's like 10 minutes of content here you know you wasted my fucking time. Celine mm-hmm. Siyama used all 72 minutes plus some of that's like credits too so it's probably like 68 minutes. I mean it's just fucking it's it's homicide the way that she's killing the game right now. She's given
1: Shinya Sukamoto a run for his money. Seriously.
0: <laughs> Celine Skiyama is the Shinya Sukamoto of France. <laughs> <laughs> I would fucking love to see her make Tokyo fist or maybe Patty Fist.
1: <laughs> Go for it. It's about Please time do. we had French tetsuo.
0: Yo actually, uh but I'd like to hear from you, Joel. Who do you think takes the takes the cake this year?
1: Uh uh for the for the third time tonight, he's oh, back. Oh shit. Uh Park Chan Wook for decision to leave.
0: Hey honestly. Uh yeah. I I could have easily have just given it to him as well. But uh I
1: mean, it's I'm sort of just like accumulating what we've already said for cinematography <laughs> and writing. Right. But I mean altogether I'm not I'm not too familiar with Park Chan Wook's work except for like Old Boy, which everyone's seen, I think, everyone. Everybody. Everyone, but um, decision to leave is so, as I've said already, like compelling, so creative in how it decides to portray this. I mean, this is the same year I watched Death on the Nile, which is <laughs> a lot more like straightforward and a lot mm-hmm. less exciting. Mm. So that's that's what I really appreciate about Decision to Leave is that it was a very exciting watch as well as being a a, a good mystery. Sure. And a very like very 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 interesting love story as well. Very <laughs> a story richer. about two just absolute weirdos.
0: And uh it's one of those non-love love stories. I recently watched uh, River River of Grass, which is a Rycart Hmm. Uh, one of those films, sort of like an anti-love film, despite it being there. It's a very, very tough thing to, to juggle. And Park, Park does it, Park does it. Pulls does it, it off.
1: It. Congratulations to Park for certainly being one of the biggest winners of pa- the night.
0: Apparently stealing the nighties. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, Ooh. what? where are we? What are we?
0: All right, Grandpa, we are at Best Actors now.
1: Oh, I remember the actors, the John Wayne, the... Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, We're... let's not talk about him.
1: I was going to say Cary Grant, but my mind <laughs> threw up Cary <Carrie> L. West.
0: <laughs> Cary Brownstein, yep, great, great yeah. work.
1: All the greats.
0: <laughs> we have uh... five
1: Best Actors correct
0: so just to clarify a few things this is gender neutral and to make things totally fair clear transparent equal it is indeed a class of five actors that being anybody who appears in front of the camera uh in any of the films
1: lead and supporting we're not yep, we're not differentiating too. they're all actors right.
0: to us yep i don't give a shit about actors so yeah and you know what we're, we're giving in.
1: out we're giving out five awards that's one more than the oscars so we beat them again we're winning
0: let's let's fucking go dude so good <laughs> um so i will start Please and again free. we'll uh we'll, we'll collate as we go through you know Uh, First one is a joint award.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm giving it
0: to Franz Rogowski and George Friedrich from the film Great Freedom. Hmm. I I think that obviously you don't have uh, one without the other. So I think that these both totally uh, deserve a, a joint award. Uh, I don't know if you saw Great Freedom. I don't think anybody saw Great Freedom. No, no one did. It's (laughs) post-war, honestly, apparently just me. It's uh, post-war Germany, and after the war, uh, just in case you thought being gay wasn't fun enough, um, they actually took the homosexual prisoners of war in concentration camps, because gays were also sent to concentration camps, uh, and because homosexuality was was illegal in Germany, even after the end of World War Two, uh, they got to s- live out the rest of their sentences in jail after being in fucking concentration camps. Thanks, America. Uh, so it's it's that story. And it's about as happy as you think it is, which isn't. Um, it sounds and-
1: like it would take two very good actors to portray such a such a harrowing story.
0: You would be very correct in saying that, my friend, Franz and George. You did a great job. You were pretty gay, and I I like that. I appreciate about I appreciate that in a man.
1: Good job, gays. Another win for gays. In the year, we also had bros. Well done, gays oh, for <laughs> making a good gay film.
0: You know, it's it's not inherent. It's not inherent. <laughs> Uh, tell me what's next, my friend.
1: Or do you want me to give two? Seems as you've given two. Or... Well, no,
0: I still have five movies. Five awards oh, I'm shit. giving out. So, um, you, You're
1: just giving it to six actors, I guess?
0: Uh, seven, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> Class of five, mate, come on.
0: Uh, like I said, they're basically the same... You don't have one without the other. Like, it's basically one role, even, you could say. Um, so fuck you. Go ahead. What's your first one? <laughs>
1: uh, my first one is Jared Carmichael for On the Count of Three. Uh, I believe a lot of people saw this at festivals in 21, but it came out for me in 22. And, I mean, this is also, about? this is also like a, like a pseudo, uh, best directing and huh. best acting. Award because I just want to give them both, but on the count of okay. three.
0: See, you're 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 bending the rules too.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not actually giving him best directing. Uh, I went to Park yeah, Chan. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. But I'm saying that Jared Carmichael, if he happens to ever hear this podcast, <laughs> is on the same level as Park Chan. wook for me. Okay. Uh, cool. It's a it's a great film, bolstered by its its two lead performances, but specifically jared carmichael who really captures the sort of emotional vibe of i want to say our generation we're so young but oh. we're also we're also depressed and suicidal all the time and it seems like there's no hope true so yeah happy new
0: year <laughs> I, Honest honest god hand on my heart i've never actually heard of this film in my entire life i don't oh, i, I
1: I've I feel like I would have recommended it to you, but I will recommend it again to okay. everyone. On the Count of Three, directed by Jared Carmichael.
0: Well Starring you
1: know. Jared and also Christopher Abbott, who I've never met anyone who doesn't like Christopher Abbott,
0: so That's fair. And you know, uh I guess uh it's always good to remind everybody that we have absolutely no authority in film. Since I don't even oh, know what the fuck Joel's talking about,
1: we have so much authority. These are factual yeah. awards.
0: I'll give it. Yeah, once again, put them on your Blu-ray case. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll sell units.
1: Yeah, best actor class of five. We want the whole thing. Please <laughs> the, police, the lingual, whole thing please. with the parentheses. Thank you. If you have the room, please include the other four actors for
0: fairness. <laughs> everybody that from both of us actually so there's probably going to be like i don't know 13 or so actors on
1: this 13 actors you can put yours at the top of the list if you want to (laughs) Yeah, but but all 13 please put them on the cover
0: thank you uh next for me is going to go to Gwendolyn christie for her performance in flux gourmet Right, as... not for a
1: performance in Wednesday, the TV series.
0: Yeah. Well, these are strictly movies here. Okay.
1: Uh, damn.
0: Uh, so for her role as Jan Stevens, the, uh, very pretentious and uptight and very silly, quirky, uh, I guess you, I don't know, governess of the culinary, uh, audio institute that she runs, uh, mm-hmm. Just one of the most silly performances I've seen of the year. One of the most like self-serious, but also at the same time, it's it's Peter Strickland. It's, it's, it's not taking itself too seriously. Um, I just love her in this film. She's great. Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, she was in uh, the personal history of David Copperfield, which everybody saw you remember that one
1: <laughs> yeah that was the one big franchise she was in and she's never been in any any other big, other franchises. big
0: franchises
1: none of them uh, yep just like uh just like what's his face that one really famous max max von Siedel.
0: <laughs> oh right seven seal yeah. Good job.
1: That was no big franchises under his. Other belt than at all. Bergman,
0: he's never touched anything big in the movie field ever. Ah, <sighs> tell me. I what's didn't next. watch
1: *Flok oh. Score* me, but I watched uh, *I Watched Blank oh, yeah. Narcissus*. I it, Blank, I it didn't win bl- any awards.
0: <laughs> Blank Narcissus could have won Best Cock. It's definitely you know. Yeah. Uh, if if we if we'd
1: thought ahead and done best short film, it probably oh, would have my won God, best short so film. So true. But Blank um, Narcissus, also directed by Peter Strickland, uh, was very very fun. I, let's I like just arc. let's just
0: let's just make up the best short film award <laughs> right now. Fuck it. Right Good in job. the
1: middle of best actors, Blank, <laughs> Blank Narcissus. Blank short film.
0: Good job, Peter. You got two awards technically.
1: Peter's coming out on top, just like the guy in Blank just Narcissus. Just like
0: Blank Narcissus. Womp <laughs> womp. Anyways, right, moving on actors. back to best actors. What's your next pick? Uh,
1: my next pick. i I I think we might have some crossover here, but hmm. I'll be I'll be surprised if I'm wrong. Uh, Kate Blanchett for
0: Tar. You'd be surprised, but that's you, still a good choice. Don't have Kate Blanchett for Tar. Do I not? Wait, why is oh wow. I don't even have it anywhere here. That's interesting.
1: <laughs> Chandler fucking hates tar, by the way. I love tar. <laughs> not anymore, you don't. Apparently apparently
0: not enough, but Yeah, Tar
1: was pretty good. It wasn't it wasn't groundbreaking. It was a solid like eight out of ten. Solid. Like I'd recommend it sure. to people easily. But specifically Kate Blanchett's performance yep. is so true. Incredible. Goddamn groundbreaking. I yeah. buy every second of it. I'm Actually. not shocked that, that one that one fucking asshole was like, I thought this was a biography and when I found out it was fictional, I hated the film. That one weirdo, you remember him.
0: They uh, wrote the yeah, article about that, it. That person who wrote a whole ass article about thinking that Tar was real. That's that's kind of a sad move.
1: But but, but I lot. get it because Kate Blanchett's performance Stay. was very good.
0: So it was it was documentary quality. It really was. Hey, the, yeah. The,
1: the real the real downfall. What a very a very compelling argument that uh, entertaining gamers is rock bottom.
0: Yeah. Yes. Actually, I know a lot of people were kind of mad about that. It's the truth. It's though. just it's a funny
1: punchline. <laughs> If you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at, you know? So true. To lighten up gamers, you will forever be cinema's punchline. You will
0: be the punchline of everything ever since Roger Ebert kind of put you on that path. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Next one for me may surprise you. May not. I don't know. I'm going to be shocked. The next one, best actor goes to none other than Mr. Seth Rogen in The Fables.
1: Oh, I'm really glad you put that because he's honestly my sixth choice, like I'm not joking.
0: Here's the thing, you chose Tar for me and I chose <laughs> Seth Rogen for you. It was a bit of a friendship trade. <laughs> we could have just swapped him. <laughs> I guess we I feel like that would have made a lot more sense, but Seth Rogen <laughs> Uh, continues to do our mom in the Fablemans. Absolute turn. Like, this is Seth yeah. Rogen, of all people, but, I mean, out of anybody, Steven Spielberg is obviously the one who's going to pull him in and just push him out as a legit actor. Like, I I, I don't want to be Bean to uh, Mr. Rogen, but he did sort of he was in he was in sausage party like i mean yeah i mean he was <laughs> in sausage party
1: sausage party how embarrassing uh,
0: i mean that that's that's sort of where he's coming from so you know uh seeing him make this turn and make it so smoothly and legitimately like he he kills yeah. the role as uh as uncle what's his nuts fucking benny <laughs> ben. uncle what's his
1: nuts you classic know, character
0: classic classic american character um I loved him he was super lovable super legit and like when he like the final scene with him uh it it actually did kind of break my heart a little bit mm. i i i yeah. think that I think that they were too mean to him you know I think that it's okay to cheat on paul dano. <laughs> <laughs> with his wife Michelle Williams, I mean, come on, it's but fucking he's so Paul nice, Dano, and
1: he's so happy that his son's making films. Uh, Paul he watches Dano. the films and he loves them, and then he goes home and says, "Yeah, but you could be an engineer." <laughs> uh... now I I completely agree with Seth Rogen. I would have put him on if it was class of six, but uh, hey,
0: that's... I have
1: this thing with like comedic actors that I'm not a fan of, turning in a dramatic performance that just blows me away.
0: Sure. Thinking of, like, Adam
1: Sandler in Punch Drunk Love, obviously that's the classic, uh, Jim Carrey and Truman Show. Right. You get these performances where you're like, you know what, I misjudged you, you are a good actor, you're just not very funny. Mm-hmm. And Seth Rogen has joined that like pantheon yeah. of comedic actors who aren't funny but are <laughs> actually good actors.
0: Yeah. And and I agree. It's almost too easy, you know, he sort of especially cuz it's Steven Spielberg. Like obviously he's hmm. going to 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 turn him into a, a a a perfect machine. But you know, I thought it was great. It honestly took me a minute because I didn't even know the cast much past Paul Dano, going into yeah. this, and so I was looking and I was like, "Is that fucking Seth Rogen?"
1: Uh, I have maybe the most, maybe the most obvious choice for me, uh, Austin Butler for Elvis. Oh,
0: okay, that was definitely on the short list for me
1: uh he he became alvis to use all the buzzwords it's like i was watching alvis <laughs> on the screen right uh austin butler is alvis um alvis came to life once again alvis is back in the building yep uh oh yeah Are any other buzzwords like do you want to throw out any
0: he really encapsulates that's Alvis. Good. good thank you
1: uh, I mean, I don't know anything about Austin Butler. I think his stint as a child actor was just just after my time of watching children's shows. Right. If he even was a child actor, again, I know, like, dick all about him. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, someone I've never heard of coming in and giving that performance as Alvis... Is just like incredible work and yeah. should definitely be recognized for how much work he put into that performance.
0: I hope so. Yeah, it's pretty legit. He he went up there and he said it has everything to do with us. Uh, that was that was pretty big.
1: Lord have mercy. Oh. Um, oh.
0: My next one In- is the uh, it's the other uh, double tag that I was talking oh, about, <laughs> but you'll agree with it. Because I'm giving it to Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleason in the Banshees of Inishiren. Again. It's I mean, nice that
1: they both got it.
0: Wow. Well, it's like what do you do? How do you how do you give Colin Farrell the award and not Brendan Gleason? Or Brendan Gleason, not Colin like, what what does that look like? <laughs> what are the optics on that? <laughs> you know? So I I, I I it's it definitely deserves <laughs> Can you imagine like Brendan Gleason wins an award for like best actor or anything and like Colin Farrell doesn't? And it's like, just next time they meet up, he'd it, be so fucking pissed.
1: Oh, this is hilarious because next on my list is Colin Farrell for the. Hey, <laughs> oh no! You bastard! Hey, I didn't do any doubles, I say- I'm a purist when it comes to oh, class of five.
0: fuck me, dude. I-
1: I gave it to Colin for Banshees, and also after Yang, and also the Batman. He's in like three oh, of the best films of you the just, year. Oh, just- oh,
0: you threw in like, multiple movies, okay. Yeah. Damn.
1: Because it's best actors, and he was the best actor in like, three films this year, so. I guess.
0: Damn, this is okay. the
1: year of Colin Farrell, like, undoubtedly. Yeah, kind
0: of, actually. Okay, damn.
1: <laughs> I did the opposite of you. You did multiple actors, I did multiple films. Multiple
0: films, okay. That's still legit. Uh, Yeah, Colin Farrell obviously kills it in Banshees. Brendan and Gleeson. Yeah. Just the most spiteful hag ever. <laughs> uh, And I mean that, of course, in the best way possible.
1: I, uh, I I love someone who's willing to go through so much just to be stubborn. I can really I represent that kind of lifestyle. Yep.
0: yep. Uh yeah. Just... And
1: I mean also like Kerry Condon and Barry Kiergan will also very good. It's, it's, just it's a it's the an whole act- like lead yeah.
0: four cast of banshees. It's a, it's an actor's film, absolutely all the way. They they everybody sent it a hundred percent with this one. So you know, we may only say Colin and Brendan, but uh, obviously the film, probably one of the best, you could say, ensembles of the years, Yeah. if we thought ahead and made that award, but again, eh, fuck it, you know what, we're having fun with it.
1: <laughs> and you know what? A uh, special shout out to Colin Farrell's eyebrows for ah, doing the dude. the reverse V shape for the whole film.
0: The entire film, the, the the amount of strain that they must have been under the entire time. Uh, God bless them.
1: <laughs> he put a lot into that eyebrow acting, and that's why he came out on top for me. He just went hey, above and beyond. That's
0: true, Brendan didn't have the eyebrows.
1: Brendan also didn't have after Yang, or the Batman.
0: <laughs> or any fingers. Womp womp.
1: Oh, oh, good one! <laughs> Funny. Hey, I got Brandy, uh, Brendan's gonna be in Joker too, so that's when we'll next see him.
0: See you, Brendan. I like Have how fun. you went
1: silent. I like when you you went fucking silent for
0: that. Yeah, no comment. No comment. We'll <laughs> you see We'll so see you shocked. next time, Brendan.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, your last. Actor, my last I believe. Actor actually only one this time <laughs> all right I am going to give it to diamond Stingley. St- Stingley? very sorry <laughs> but you were you were in the you were in the African desperate
1: I'm gonna give it to Stingley. yeah I I know, I know where you are Do I even remember it? that film
0: yes I you're gonna
1: have to really sell this film because I don't I don't, I don't I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to s-
0: okay because people haven't I know that you didn't care for it
1: no, I didn't um, think it was bad, but I didn't. It didn't like stick with me.
0: That's totally fine. I found this to be probably one of the most exciting American films this year, um, and a lot of that's because of Diamond. I mean, she gives this this very deadpan, but also just very full character. Like you can tell that there's a fullness of character in there, and a lot of that comes down to her acting. Uh This is The African Desperate by Martine Sims. Yeah, only 4.1 thousand views on Letterboxd. Compare that to, like, you know, even something like, you know, You Won't Be Alone, which we talked about, which you you barely even knew about. That has 19,000. Yeah, I, I don't aren't... know what the fuck you're on about. <laughs> exactly. And we're talking about The African Desperate here. It's on Mubi. Like, it's not hard to find. Um... But I'm really fucking with Martine Sims coming out as a director. Uh, they made a lot of shorts. This is their directorial debut. Um and shout out to Diamond for for, you know, taking this one all the way. Uh Yeah. I'm you know. I'm
1: like I'm excited to see what's next for both of them. Very true. Yeah. Uh I just like I wasn't the biggest fan of the African Desperate, but again, mm like a smaller film not being that good i'm still very much i want to see more from them i want to see what they can do i just think it was a maybe a one-off not for me kind of film rather than mm-hmm. an overall bad film
0: sure so and you also should definitely
1: watch the african desperate don't like take chandler's word for it <laughs>
0: And um, I also think that it's fair. I-, I feel like this is a film that deserves harsher, you know, I want to say scrutiny. But you know, it- it's a legitimate film. It's not some stupid blockbuster. So um, you know, it- it's almost like two stars for this is equivalent to like four stars for Top Gun Maverick. You know, it- it's uh, it's sort of definitely in a different class. And, uh, hey, I really liked it. So I even bought the screenplay book. Speaking of not reading the screenplays, I actually did read the screenplay. And you have one more actor, if I'm not mistaken, if you could, uh, please share that with the, uh, with the class.
1: Uh, to subvert everyone's expectations, my final best actor of the year is David Howard Thornton. As at the clown in Terrifier 2. Oh. I'm not I'm not kidding.
0: <laughs> okay. You're not joking. I'm not laughing. <laughs> uh, he
1: You know, I've been watching Terrifier on loop for years, and I think it's great. And we got Terrifier 2 finally. And once again, like David Howard Thornton comes back and portrays this like undeniably creepy but very sort of fun energetic clown and as as a clown myself i <laughs> just have to appreciate the the effort that he puts into that performance mm-hmm, so mm-hmm.
0: real recognizes real
1: uh david howard thornton as at the clown just one better than seth rogan in
0: the Fablemans. Damn, that's tough.
1: And he can put that on his <clears throat> acting CV. One better than does. Seth Rogen. Better, th- better than anyone in the Fablemans, according to me. Apparently, like how harsh I was. Wow. Okay. And I loved the Fablemans, <laughs> but it just it just came out too late. I'd already given out all my awards. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. It came out like basically December thirty first for all intents and purposes.
1: Well, it's technically not even out yet in the UK. Oh so, shit. But I I've, I've seen it. I've seen I've, I've seen it in other ways.
0: Interesting. I wonder what that means. Uh, so we're coming up to the big film awards as in entire films winning big awards. Uh, but before we get to the oh,
1: yep, yep. hmm. So I'm just trying to work out who the fuck is actually supposed to be introducing. I this. I
0: think you are.
1: You know what? You just go ahead. It's fine. Okay. It's okay. Okay. Put uh, you off mid sentence. Uh, this. this
0: is really just fucked everything up. Uh, so before we get to the big award winners, we're going to highlight three honorable mentions uh maybe films that uh were sort of second best or maybe didn't get an award early on and we want to just shout them out um
1: i've i've sort of used this as films that i didn't get a chance to give an award to but i still they're still like my favorites of the year they just they would just just happen to be beat on every category by something else,
0: right? And it's it's you know these these awards are tough, you know it's it's kind of dead. It's 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 a dead heat in every single award, and I don't think it's really fair. You know, it doesn't mean that other films are bad. It's just you know there's only one slot, so. Um. But since I apparently stole this introduction from you, I, I will definitely allow you to. Tell me your first Honorable Mention.
1: Alright, my first... Sorry, I'm so sorry. I guess I'm not over that cold. Uh, (laughs) My first Honorable Mention is After Yang, directed by Koganada. Hmm. Uh, I watched this, like, right at the beginning of the year. Like, literally January. (laughs) It was April.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, you know.
1: Right at the beginning of the year for me. (laughs) <laughs> when the um,
0: years begins in England,
1: it's very good, specifically for me because I am obsessed with sort of post human stories. Hmm. I love the idea of transcending beyond humanity. Don't read into that. Um, you know, very. I've, I've talked about Colin Farrell's performance a little bit. A I, yep. I, 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 passing mention of him being in this film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like incredible performances all around. Very, very emotional story about, I like grief obviously, but also grief for something that you're not sure you should be grieving for. It was very, very compelling for me. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad I got to at least mention it.
0: I think that's very well worth a mention. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I liked
1: after Yang more than more than more than most of the people I've talked to about it. Hey, I know you liked him. I'm not saying you didn't like him, but I'm <laughs> saying I liked him more than you.
0: Oh, that's very true. I thought that you said that you liked after Yang more than the person themselves that you would talk to. <laughs> like like you like no. after Yang more than me as a person.
1: No, no, I'm saying I liked After Yang more than you liked After Yang.
0: Okay, that's 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 a fair assessment, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker.
1: The rails firmly derailed.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, I'm going to use my first honorable mention to double down on the African Desperate. I really want to uh, recognize this film. And sort of giving out uh, more recognition to the director and everybody else involved in this film, I uh, just love it. It just, if anything, again, it excited me much as much like Halloween ends excited you. um, (laughs) I'm very excited to see where everybody in this film goes and what comes next. Um, And yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure you're leading the charge for the African Desperate. I'm pretty sure that you're, uh, apparently, you're, you're sat in the front row, number one fan. Uh,
0: maybe like number, f- I'd go like number twenty three. I'm sure there are people more into it.
1: That's pretty good. Twenty three's still pretty. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm
0: still banging the pots. I'm still making noise about it. Um, seriously, guys, get a get a free seven day movie trial. Uh, we don't. We don't have a a referral code yet we'll we'll work on that but
1: and if you don't have Mubi in your region of the world um
0: VPN
1: yeah, go fuck yourself. Or,
0: or that I guess.
1: <laughs> I f I f- I I I'm with all of you people that don't have any of the streaming services. I don't have any of them. I have Netflix and Netflix notoriously sucks.
0: Barely exists.
1: Uh, honorable honorable mentions I mean I'm kind of committing a sin because this is most people's like favorite film of the year huh. uh, but for me it won no awards and only got an honorable mention purely because I watched this like literally the last day of the year and it's <laughs> after Sun directed by Charlotte Woods. oh
0: true I feel like that if you saw this film a month ago it would have swept every category <laughs>
1: Oh, it, it, it had the chance to. It just came around just a little too late. Which is a shame, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I'll just find a way to slip it onto next year's list. But...
0: Well, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's an incredible film all around. I certainly would have given Paul Mescal a Best Actor award if it True. had come around soon enough.
0: True. Yeah, just uh, unfortunate timing on that one
1: very relatable i understand where where charlotte's coming from as a as a as a british child who's gone on many a vacation like that i understand
0: did you ever have the um is it the yellow fanta
1: yeah we have yellow fanta over here looks like
0: piss gotcha
1: it's very different to american fanta i thought you were gonna ask if i ever had three beers and then walked into the ocean the answer Uh, is also yes (laughs) I
0: I feel like that's more so you leading that answer you really kind of (laughs) took you you, you put words into my mouth on that one actually but sure go ahead and let let the world know okay interesting interesting (laughs) hey you know get it off your chest it's okay that's what the film is about in a way for my second honorable mention I will be selecting Jordan Peele's Nope Uh, I know that you talked about it earlier and Uh again, I just didn't really find another category for it, but out of all of the big films this year, uh, this is the one that actually, you know, made me feel anything. (laughs) Um, So that's, that's, that's pretty big. And uh, acting is all solid. Daniel uh, Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer Steven Jansen here. Uh, and... go all your favorites. All your favorites. And, of course, Peel at the helm. Fucking killing it. Uh, I was... I, I didn't dislike Us, but after Get Out, I was kind of, you know, a little soured, as, as most of us were, I think. Hmm. Uh, I
1: liked Us, but fuck you
0: All right. well I'm not saying I didn't I'm not saying I dislike us (laughs) fucker (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah, nope is 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 a very good uh, as they say uh, uh, junior film not a sophomore film he's a junior now next year he's going to be a senior and he's going to get his his high school diploma and we're all going to be so proud of Jordan
1: it's been very exciting to see the scale of Jordan Peele's films increase. Mm, very true. They're just getting bigger and bigger. Get Out literally the next one mm-hmm. could be fucking bigger than like Avatar for all we know. For
0: all we know. Yeah. Get Out Now literally looks like it's made with like eh, about $500 in in somebody's somebody's grandma's house over the course of a weekend. <laughs> you know compared I think to nope I
1: get out now and we're like oh how quaint oh good job <laughs> what a what a quaint little movie oh
0: that's so cute <laughs> and then nope is just fucking blasting down the walls so that's that's my uh honorable mention yeah,
1: my my last honorable mention is the the one that I've been most excited to to just mention. To drop. Go for it. Uh uh Y-Kar-Fi's Detectives vs. Sleuths. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. I did not expect to see that tonight. It uh, it's an incredible film. It's it's so much fun.
0: Detectives uh, versus sleuths. Wow.
1: We've spent a lot of time talking about police procedures mm-hmm. when it mm-hmm. comes to uh, decision to leave, but Detectives vs. Sleuths is one of the most sort of fun police films I've ever seen. It is not afraid to just be, like, batshit insane. Very true. And I respect that about it. And it's it's got a lot of uh, Johnny Toe adjacent cast members, so there's a, there's still a lot of great action in it. And wherever you think that story's going, it's it's not it's not going there. It's going somewhere else.
0: It's going to a very fun place. Is where we're going with that one.
1: I believe Detective vs Sleuths is our most obscure film of the evening. It's even more obscure than the African Desperate. One point
0: three K, you know, cements it. Yeah.
1: So if there's anything I want you to come away from this with today. Uh, Watch Detective vs. Sleuth turn it into a modern classic.
0: Yeah, it's fun. And rounding out for me, I'm going to be giving my honorable mention to Hit the Road. Hmm? Pana Panahi, super small, like minuscule cast and crew on this uh, political, sort of quietly political family drama that just as it goes on gets more sort of magical and you know questioning reality and and obviously the tension builds. Um, yeah, Panah Panahi, uh, the son of Jafar Panahi, uh, obviously the very prolific Iranian director who uh, who has no bears coming out soon. they will be on next year's list, I imagine. I'm, I'm, you know what? I may, I may call the shot to bring it back to baseball. I, I'm, I'm excited for that one. But hit the road. Fantastic, uh, Panapanahi. Just obviously a fresh face, and, you know, always. I'm, I love, I love Iranian cinema. Is it okay for me to say that?
1: And you, I don't see why not.
0: Can, can I say something so controversial? I, I love Iranian cinema. Those those guys are doing great work over there. Keep it up.
1: All right, we're on to the, the big three. The uh, big three bum, of the bah,
0: Put up the big, like, dramatic music. <laughs> First
1: uh, up in our list of best features, we have best animated feature.
0: So true, bestie. Uh,
1: uh, to, to avoid... To avoid cancellation, we must first up say animation is a medium, not a genre. Okay, we're safe.
0: Thank you. Good job. Safe, like in baseball. Hey. Love the mess. Hey.
1: Strike.
0: Oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's get on Out track.
1: Out of the park.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, brother. Best animated feature for me? <clears throat> Giving it to Inuo. I know again you haven't seen it. I apologize. But
1: Yeah, that's going to a lot of people's. I hear it's very good.
0: <laughs> very fucking good. Hell, it's even a little bit gay. So uh, <laughs> so So's mine. So's mine. Oh interesting, so interesting, interesting. We have a theme. Must be Pompo. Uh You you should
1: know what mine is. Come on. It's oh, me. Oh
0: <laughs> shit. Okay. I'll uh I'm having a bit of a brain fart, but anyways, real quick, just to double tap on Inuo, um just it's it's Uwasa. I am a Uwasa stan so this is a little difficult to kind of parlay because obviously I'm going to love everything he does but it is animation as it should be it is exciting it's different it's you know it, it's recognizing the fact that it, it is it can exist beyond the realm of hum, of human you know reality and I appreciate that completely and the fact that Yuasa is still doing it after a very long career you know, we're talking he's probably been doing this close to 30 years plus you know, considering his earlier works and probably working in uh, studios as well he is obviously a master so, you know, up there with Khan and uh, that, that, that weird fuck over at Ghibli, whatever his name is um, the one that survived. The survivor.
1: <laughs> Miyazaki. So, uh, Goro Miyazaki. Goro
0: Miyazaki, the, yes, dude. It's the one. He's so good. Uh, but tell me, Joel, what did you think was the best <laughs> animated feature? It's time. It's
1: it's time we tell oh, the people. God. Uh, the best animated feature of the year is hands down trick-or-treat Scooby-Doo.
0: Oh, shit. How did I not... What the fuck is wrong with me? Of course you would say that. <laughs> uh
1: as a lifelong Scooby-Doo mm. fan, obviously mm. it's it's the easiest pick, you'd think. Mm. But Scooby-Doo is is a roller coaster of a series. It is up and down in quality. Shocker, I know. <laughs> But legitimately, Trick or Treat Scooby Doo is one of the best Scooby Doo films we've had in years. It's so like full of life and yeah, really just like enjoying being a Scooby Doo movie. It's not mm. sort of embarrassed. It's not trying to act cooler than it is. It really, really knows how to capture sort of the the vibe of the Scooby Doo gang that you all know and love, and it's a little bit gay.
0: Sure, can't can't go wrong with that. I I feel like this this film happened, and then everybody was like, "OMG, gay Velma!" OMG, new Scooby Doo! Ha ha! And then it just disappeared. But I mean, yeah, uh, you I I'm hats off to yeah. this film. It it was great, fun experience. So, great use of the Scooby Doo. Those IP. of us
1: that know, we've had we've had gay Velma. For a while For
0: about 50 years now, yeah.
1: (laughs) Valma's always been gay. She might have had a couple of straight relationships, but I mean, like, so have I. You know, all gay people have.
0: Yeah, you gotta experiment a little bit.
1: Gay Valma aside, (laughs) it's very fun. (laughs) Yeah. We all love gay people here, but... That aside, the film itself is also a very good film.
0: Very, very true.
1: Very, very... Very enjoyable. Uh, great story that really hasn't been done before. In in Scooby-Doo. In Scooby-Doo, Doom, in like of course. Films. Yeah. It's probably been done before <laughs> in all films, but... But yeah, that's that, that's that's my open admission. And there, there will be a lot more Scooby-Doo talk in the future, I feel.
0: Very good. Alright, I will introduce the next one. This is the best... Documentary. Uh, obviously, as we know, every year this goes to my mockumentary Pingleton Point, Maine. But just for for fairness, for everybody else, we will mention yeah. some other, you know, yeah. actual. This is both second place. These, yeah, so these, 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 are <laughs> these are always second place. Um,
1: both of these lost to Pingleton Point, Maine. Yeah,
0: like. pretty sad, but you know, they 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 put up a good fight. I have to say, I have to say. Uh, Joel, what what do you think was yes. the best documentary?
1: Uh, the best documentary feature of the year was, of course, Jackass Forever.
0: Yeah, I don't know what else I'd... I... I also probably think that's the case, but I just knew. Like, there's just no question you were going to put it there, so I did choose something else. I mean, else, yeah, but...
1: the, like, like my childhood was Jackass. Sure and it's so sweet to see them uh grow up with me despite them all being like years old. Very than me. old. But it does it feels like Jackass has matured.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a thinking man's jackass.
1: This is this is for all of those those MTV kids that came back after years of nothing. <laughs> and we all got to see that it's it's all all right. It's going to be fine. Yeah, uh, because Yeah, you know, it's all still here at the end of the day. We've been through a couple of rough years, but everything is still here. We can still tie bricks to our cocks and throw them off buildings.
0: Yeah, if you want to.
1: We can play ping pong and paddle ball on our cocks. You can put bees on our cocks. Any, we, can, we can make dinosaurs out of our cocks. Right. It's all still here. It's all there. It's all going to be fine. Never
0: left. Yeah, in, in a world where every single reboot and rehash and bringing back some old, you know, 90s, aughts, even 2010s property is just, you know, as soon as somebody says that, you just know it's going to be the, the biggest steaming pile of doo-doo ever. But the fact that Jackass, you know, came out of the th- Jackass 3D, which was supposed to be the last one, and
1: I believe they're all supposed to be the, last really, I guess, one. yeah, they
0: are. They're all the swan songs in a weird way. But I mean, for them to come back this far down the line, but still maintain the level of quality that they've had, and maybe even exceeded it, it's just, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a absolutely gorgeous institution. Jackass is.
1: And I I, I hope for many more years, now that I know we can add new, younger Jackass members. (laughs) Yeah, when we we figure that out. Hopefully it will be here forever.
0: Yeah. I would love the, the, you know, like, Degrassi. Let's get the next generation Jackass in here. (laughs) Uh, For me, maybe on the opposite level of maturity spectrum. Okay. But actually does involve cock, interestingly enough. Uh, all the beauty and the bloodshed. Uh, this one kind of came out of nowhere. I knew nothing about Nan Golden going into this. Truth be told, uh, but it really moved me. It it moved me profoundly. You know, it it it. I think that some of the best documentaries, some of the ones that I love the most, sort of paint a picture of humanity you know about a singular person uh but in the way that they affect other lives how they connect to other people to uh bigger things and you know to get not just the nan golden that is protesting the sackler family here uh but just to know her and to see that she's lived a life like i especially as I grow older, you know, just even the simple things, just, just, just the mere act of existing kind of moves me more than it has before. Um, Hmm. and especially with somebody with a life like Nan Golden, um, you would, you definitely should watch it because John Waters makes an appearance. Uh, you at least see his picture. Um, because some, I, I remember seeing a good comment that said, uh it it is inevitable that whenever anything gay is being talked about john waters will make an appearance in some way or another and and he did for sure
1: he's that kind of gay icon he's always just ever present in the lives of most gay people yeah
0: exactly if something gay is going on between the year of 1960 to now i mean he's just (laughs) there's nothing he's he's
1: even if you don't know he's there like he's there <laughs> he's there
0: he's in the background he's he's don't worry he's there uh yeah good job
1: it sounds like a very beautiful choice we i like that we have very very different choices when it comes to it, maturity it,
0: it kind of sort of exemplifies we a widespread yeah you know? it, it exemplifies our dynamic i'm art house your your shit house you know (laughs) it's it's okay we make it we make a a lovely pair
1: everyone loves our widespread
0: Ooh hey that that costs extra (laughs) Uh,
1: i believe we are on to the the big one
0: this is the final award of the night ladies and freaks
1: the best narrative feature Everyone gets excited for this one, you know?
0: I mean, this is... It's the
1: one film you should watch.
0: Technically speaking, if you are only able to watch one film, I i guess this is the one to watch.
1: We, we take one film and we, we hold it up, and we say, watch this one, it was pretty good. And I mean, we should just we should just jump into it. I guess no, yeah, no big drum roll. I, no, we don't have we don't have Warren or Fay that they, they weren't available. Surprise. So, I mean, they would have read the wrong one anyway. Mm. So,
0: uh, I guess just go ahead. Let's just let's just go for it, huh? I will. I'll, I'll announce mine. My pick for Best Narrative Feature.
1: I'm buckled in. I'm so ready.
0: You are buckled in, because you're about to watch Ryusuke Hamaguchi's Drive My Car.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: how controversial. Is it? Yes. There's. It's, it's controversial, not... I mean, everyone agrees that it's good. Not everyone agrees that it's a 2022 film, uh, but...
0: Here's the thing. Go right ahead. So... I I will, I will address this. A few other films that I've mentioned were also technically 2021 films. Here is the deal. I live in Boston, Massachusetts. We get films once New York city eats it and then they throw us the scraps. Okay. So this film for me came out in January of this year. Like, what do you want me to do? Okay. I can't, I'm not, I'm not there day one when something's available all the time. And regardless, even if this film was, like, soundly in 2021, like, it came out, like, February 2021, it, it is so good. This film is so good that I think that it deserves to be, you know, to, to receive a five-year award, okay? Hmm. I saw this film four times in in short sequence when it came out and this is a long ass film it's, it's just about three hours long it's, it's avatar length
1: yeah it's longer than his other film that he released that year
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, it is an emotional cannonball this film I mean fuck I got into um, uh, Murakami Murakami after this. In fact, I read the short story, the short story collection that Drive My Car is in, I read before seeing this, and it got me into Murakami. But for Hamaguchi to adapt his work in such a even larger, profound way, I think that is what's especially uh, compelling for me, because so many times adaptations can be pretty bland or just kind of straightforward you know yeah Um, this one changes it almost completely but using the same groundwork uh, that Murakami set up perfectly in the two short uh, stories that this is based off of the performances are just dead fucking on I know I mentioned uh, Hidetoshi Nishijima he's just such a Fucking actor, isn't he? He's just—he's yeah. just a. F- I mean, to be able to
1: sell both the like cold, crisp tone of Drive My Car mm-hmm. and the like bright, goofy Shin Ultraman, he's really got a lot of skill behind him.
0: Yes, he is an actor for all seasons. Uh, and
1: he was in Creepy.
0: Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> Toko Miura the uh, the female lead I mean just a just a, a a hero for the neurodiversion out there she's really representing us she just loves driving and me too me too sis me too <laughs> I love driving <laughs> she, uh,
1: and drive my car really like <clears throat> like the driving is such a part of it yep. that feeling of just sitting in a car in silence, having to think about everything that's happening,
0: and that's that red sob. Ooh, that's. I wonder
1: if sales went up for red sob. I, I I
0: feel like if I went on like a auto dealer website right now I, and like used car dealerships, they'd probably be going for like eighty k right now. <laughs> People are people are
1: subs are back, baby. Those
0: those those turbo Sobs are back for for real. I also I I understand that they're actually kind of like pieces of shit, but (laughs) I mean, the design is great, and I mean, uh, this film, everybody, I've it's so good. Yeah, fuck.
1: No, I don't don't even disagree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's a perfect movie. There is not a single issue with that film. Yeah. It's so, like... Yeah. It's just such a, like, harrowing portrayal of just being fucking miserable. It's
0: destructive. Seriously, yeah. Uh, And I'm there with it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um,
1: And I I kind of have on the opposite end of it is... uh, a very joyful and wondrous portrayal of being absolutely miserable
0: hey yeah exactly uh, like there's there's something to be taken away from it too i think is the big one for sure
1: my my best narrative feature is the banshees of sheriff. oh my god <laughs> misery loves company
0: <laughs> good could you imagine if if Hidetoshi, his character, was like, every time you speak to me in this fucking car, I will <laughs> oh, take these shears and cut one off. of my fingers off. I
1: could almost say the same things about both of these films, even yeah. though they are very different yeah. tonally <laughs> and story-wise. But... I don't know, it, it says a lot about us that our best narrative features are about sort of like the the, the feel of our generation of misery and just complete like a, a want for a better place but mm-hmm. not being able to find it. Mm-hmm. And the Banshees of Inner Sharon really just takes all that and really boils it down to its small little island community. You don't have all these, like, bigger things going on. The war's over on a different land. Mm-hmm. The, like, war, the Civil War. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's ever present, but it's not on their island. But they're just sort of, like, surrounded by this horrific, sort of, like, horrible. I'm saying horrible twice.
0: That's pretty horrible.
1: I'm aware. This very miserable situation. And. For their community to have this smaller thing going on, these two friends sort of like falling apart, that affects them like more than the war because it's so like focused personally instead. And I think that that's that's very touching because I understand that a lot more. I've never I've never been to war. I'm never signing up for the military. <laughs> But I've lost friends, and that speaks to me a lot more than like a, a harrowing tale of combat in a in a faraway land. That's fair, and that's 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 most of what I have to say. It's it's an incredible piece of work from Martin. I've supported Martin for many years, not not literally. I've never <laughs> given him a single penny but I'm on the sidelines cheering him on.
0: I have absolutely no issues with your choice here. I mean, it really is, by all accounts, a super professional film, top to bottom. You know, Martin directing, you know, the production, editing, and the cast is an absolute knockout. I probably would have this you know higher up in some ways or mentioned more um just i hate irish people no i'm it's i don't know i i I feel i i feel almost like i uh like i'm doing something wrong with not liking it as much as you i feel like you're gonna hate me but i (laughs) i I do like it no (laughs) i
1: I mean, you'd like it, and you like drive my car, which is basically just the Banshees of Inner Sharon, but in Japan. True,
0: true. (laughs) Uh... But
1: I mean, if we're gonna like drift into summation of everything we've talked about here tonight, Mm. I think um, overall it's been a very mixed year. But I think all the goods have been great. And all the bads have been awful. (laughs) There haven't been many, like, middle-of-the-road films. It's been a very, Mm -hmm. very sort of harshly binary year. Yeah. Which is is good for the good films, because we've had a lot of films that I could consider classics. But we've had a lot of bad films that have wasted my precious minutes as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if I could maybe do a, a bit of a like an award monologue, I'd, and just say I think that we both talked about this definitely, uh, but there's been a a a very gross kind of smoothing out of the film industry. You know, before mm-hmm. every weekend you had a choice. I'm I'm not gonna say everything that's coming out is a knockout. You're getting low budget rom coms. You're getting, you know like stupid stoner comedies, you know, action flicks, whatever, but you're at least getting something right nowadays. And I feel this because I work at a movie theater. I'm a manager at a movie theater and we only have two screens by all accounts. We should be like stuffed to the brim, like fighting, you know, to get stuff in here. But literally, we're we're like, what do we even show nowadays? You know, there's huge gaps now, you know, gulfs in between the, the Marvel films, right? Literally, the Marvel films are these big poles of the movie-going industry. Um, nobody wants to release their film when a Marvel movie comes out. Nobody does, hmm. you know no re- you know what are you going to compete with you're going to just get drowned out and in between uh, people just don't go see movies anymore so there's you know nobody's taking chances on uh the the low budgets the mid budgets even because that's not what the studios are putting their money into they're going big and that has been very detrimental and and like you, you know it, it's what gets us these really high highs when something sneaks in and is good. Yeah. Uh, but really, otherwise, I mean, everybody's focusing on streaming, so that's why you get a lot of shit on streaming, because...
1: Gosh, the quality control of streaming is abysmal. Because
0: it doesn't matter. They just need the content. They need, they need something yeah. so people continue it's subscribing.
1: A, it's just a buffet of slop, and they just need to keep it stocked. That's all they need.
0: Uh, yeah. The Outlook... On film, and this is how I've felt for a while now, and then you can sort of give us your thoughts is that film isn't dead, it cannot die. There are still always going to be amazing people making amazing art. All that is happening right now is that it is getting increasingly harder to access it. People are making fantastic films every day on their phones. With, you know, small crews, with small cameras, basic editing equipment. It's happening. It's out there. There are people who can make these small budget films that can get people in in movie seats. It's just, we're at the whims of capitalism. And right now, it really does not care about us, the movie goer, the movie enjoyer. But I say hold on to hope you're still getting amazing things happening every year and you know we'll 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 get through it we'll get through it
1: that's why i think word of mouth is more important than ever
0: strange strangely enough in the social media world i agree
1: and if you find something that's good you need to tell people about it you because gotta. chances are they're not gonna be able to find
0: it <laughs> exactly that that and that's the case with like and especially why i want to highlight the african desperate you know it's, it's especially the case with black filmmakers is you know there is a light that shines on films and those films get attention and black filmmakers just tend to not get into that so yeah it really is almost a obligation uh to
1: and foreign cinema and foreign cinema is really like i know Ara was huge and that is a lot of that is word of mouth yeah it's what's sort of keeping cinema alive is telling people to watch this stuff
0: because at the end of the day it's box office numbers you know i don't think it should be the case where we have to vote with our with our ticket stubs and keep foreign cinema in theaters in some way just because you know we'll show up but i mean it's the case and support it happy new year hey you know it's another great year cinema here 2022
1: Uh, we talked about some really good films talked about three bad films terrible films and I think for some reason one of us brought up Shark Side of the Moon, so that's a freebie for Shark Side of the Moon, I guess.
0: I would like to thank
1: John Waters.
0: John Waters, thank you for existing. Happy January. I I don't know. Is the the band was supposed to be here like thirty minutes ago? We had like a whole <laughs> orchestration set up. Uh, being told now that the city is demanding us. Uh, evacuate the premises immediately or uh, face crime, criminal charges. Okay, um...
1: Well... Usa the band did text me. Apparently they've been booked to play video game music in Indonesia.
0: Yeah, I mean, they'll at least get paid doing that. Uh, Well, I'll give you a nice firm handshake here, Joel. It was a real pleasure. Ah, my hand. And, uh... Hey, here's to you, kid.
1: Go watch Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo.